We are proud to partner with MyFlex Learning. MyFlex Learning is a scheduling platform that helps middle and high schools meet the individual needs of all students. Students can easily create and manage time for flex blocks, wind time, activity periods, RTI, counselor and teacher appointments, and so much more. Even my favorite, Synergy Time. And with its built-in accountability tool and reporting features, MyFlex Learning solves your challenges around getting kids where they need to be and understanding how flex time is spent. Make flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com slash BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash BE. This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies edtech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and helps you assess student performance through actionable, real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com BE. That's IXL.com slash B-E. Welcome to Transformative Principle. I'm your host, Jethro Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Jethro Jones. I am excited to talk to you about the Transformative Leadership Summit that is coming up in a couple weeks, I guess, weeks now. Yeah, just a couple of weeks. And uh, today on the podcast, I have uh, David Smith, who is one of the people that's also going to be on the Transformative Leadership Summit. Also, I have Brian Edmister, Destry Brown, who you might remember from the uh, school district where the students investigated a new principal and then she resigned. He's the superintendent of that district, so pretty powerful stuff. Zaretta Hammond, Cindy Couchman, Kimberly Miles, Sylvia Denko, Katie Kinneman, and Amy Fast. And so that's just some of the people that are going to be part of the Transformative Leadership Summit. Please be sure to sign up for that at transformativeleadershipsummit.com. Welcome to Transformative Principle. Going to be a great conversation today with David Smith, who is the leader effectiveness specialist in Utah. And what a great conversation. We talk about a lot of things, and I hope that you really enjoy this. This is the part two of our conversation, and we talk really a lot about how to create effective leaders and uh, especially teacher leaders. That's what the real focus is and what you can do and how you can do that as a principal. And I think that is so important. So please uh, enjoy this and take some notes. And if you don't have a what I've previously called an, a building leadership team, but what I'm now going to call an instructional leadership team at your school, then definitely consider um, setting one of those up. And if you need help doing that, feel free to connect with me and I'll help you out. It is such a powerful thing that I have been a part of in every school that I've been a leader in. And it is really a powerful thing and definitely something you want to take advantage of. So let me know if you need help doing that and I'll be happy to help you out. Also, please share this with someone who could benefit from learning how to cultivate effective teacher leaders. Thanks so much and have a wonderful time listening to this interview. Now, there are other models that can work where the, where the principal can still delegate 
some responsibilities and still be the instructional leader in the school. Like the next model that I was going to talk about is the teacher leadership model, which is really a very, very good model where the principal forms a team of teachers who are leaders in the school, either by virtue of their expertise or by virtue of their, well, mainly their expertise, but by virtue of their teaching ability, their influence in the school. You form a a group of, of leaders, and they would be from every section of the school. So in an elementary, you would have someone from every grade. In a, in a middle school, a high school, junior high, you would have someone from every department, probably the department chairs. And if the department chairs aren't instructional leaders in their departments, then you probably need to either get them to be instructional leaders or you know get someone who can be an instructional leader. So we shouldn't just choose for department chair the person who's been there the longest? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's the model, you yeah. know, but no, no, that's no, definitely not. I mean, that's, yeah, that's not a good model. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, that goes back, that goes back, Jethro, to our whole model of compensation, which is another conversation, you know, that the people yeah. who have been around the longest get paid the most, but that's a conversation for another day. That forming this leadership team which is an instructional leadership team that their focus is solely on making certain that instruction in the school is is happening. So they're looking at data, they're looking at instructional practices in the school, they're talking about ways that they can improve things, and then they go back and work with their teams. You know, they do all the things that professional learning communities Now, I I realize that professional learning communities is becoming somewhat of a bad word out there. In fact, I I saw this kind of informal study that someone had done last night that showed that the term professional learning communities is among the six most hated uh, phrases (laughs) among teachers (laughs) in all of education. (laughs) But, But that's simply because they've been so misused. If you can have a a leadership, you know, whatever you want to call it, teacher improvement team or whatever you want to call it, it's still important to have that. So you've got that distributed leadership model that where the principal isn't the only leader in the school, but you've got this distributed leadership in the school. And the principal is the head of that and works with that team to improve instruction in the school and they talk about what's happening with instruction and they work on things together and they study things together. But then still, the principal still needs to find the time to be out and doing and visiting in, in classrooms and giving their input to teachers and still doing that coaching. So even with the distributed leadership model, you've still got to find time to do that. So the question then becomes, how do you do that? Yeah, and and how do you identify those teachers that are instructional leaders themselves? And, you know, it's not just who's been there the longest or who has the most experience. There could be a brand new teacher who really is an instructional leader. And, you know, people might balk when I say that, but I've seen brand new teachers who have way more ability to not just be good instruction instructors, but also be able to communicate how to do that to others. 
See, I think you have to you have to create that kind of a culture where what is valued is expertise. What is valued is that you know what you're doing and you're able to communicate that to others and where leadership becomes a, a function of, of what you can do in a classroom. Uh, lately, I've been doing some reading from a, I don't know if you know George Koros. Does yep. that mm-hmm. sound familiar to you? Yep. He was number 18 on my podcast, so going way back to the beginning. Oh. Yeah, very good episode. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. George has some really, really great ideas. And one of the things, and so I've been, in, I've been trying to be involved in his innovation mindset MOOC that he's doing right now. And I haven't been very good on keeping up on it, but I'm reading his book, The Innovator's Mindset. And what this came up in one of those discussions that one of the things that teachers will say is, I don't really want to share because I don't really want to, you know, lead out because other teachers will get upset. You know, they don't want to see someone succeeding much more than they are. And his comment and comments of many of the others who were involved in this is, if someone is upset because you're good at something, that's not your fault. And it's, it's not your problem that they're upset because you're good. You need to, the principal, I think, can help to form that culture where expertise is valued. And no matter what that expertise is, and you can do that in a lot of different ways, but one of those ways is by having those teachers who do have that expertise be part of the leadership team in the school and then explaining to the faculty, helping them to understand that we're talking about good teaching here in our school. We don't care where that good teaching comes from. If it's the 30-year veteran who's still innovating and who's still, who's still trying new things with their class and who is just totally effective, that's wonderful. If it's the second-year teacher who came out of college with all kinds of great ideas and is actually implementing them and growing as a teacher, then we value that. You know, just you've got to create that that team feeling of educational excellence and that we don't care where it comes from and try to get rid of the professional jealousies that, that sometimes crop up when someone is the, is the leader and they don't have as much experience as someone else. Experience, in my experience, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't necessarily lead to instructional expertise. So, so you have to find those leaders. And I was thinking as, as you were talking about how do you find them? Do you ask everybody else who is at the school what, who the best teacher is? And if the culture isn't there already to be observing each other, they're not even going to know the answer to that question, right? That's, a, that's right. That's right. Yeah, so, I, so you probably need to spend some time working on that culture, spending mm-hmm. time in your faculty meetings. Focusing on instruction, not focusing on the administrivia. When I was a principal, I always said, if there's something I can put in a bulletin, we will never talk about it at faculty meeting. Yeah, amen. And we'll spend time at... <laughs> and, and so, yeah, so we would. We would focus on instruction in our faculty meetings, and we'd work together on projects and, uh, you know, unpack the curriculum and talk about teaching to the standards and, and, you know, we did book studies like when Marzano's book about 
classroom practices that work. I can't remember the exact title, but we, we did a book study of that. And then we had expectations. That, and anyway, I could go on. But, you know, those are the kind of things that you have to do to start creating that culture that what we value in this school is instruction and instructional expertise and that we feel like every teacher can attain that. Oh, you have to, but in order to find those leaders, yeah, you have to have those conversations, but you also have to be out in the school. You've got, you've got to find those teachers and your, your leadership team has to find those teachers. And what I mean by leadership team at this point is your principal and your assistant principals, if you don't know who the leaders among your faculty are and the ones who have that instructional expertise, who you want to be leaders. You've got to be able to find them. If you're an elementary principal, I would be asking your supervisors to come and help you. There's this emerging body of research, Jethro, that is talking about the role of the principal supervisor and the whole idea of helping principals to develop their expertise as instructional leaders. And that literature is saying that that in principal supervisors need to be coaching principals. And one of the ways they do that is by coming into the school and going to classrooms with the principal and then discussing the instruction in the classroom with the principal. So that's then assuming that principal supervisors are people who recognize good instruction as well. I know one, in one of our school districts, the Salt Lake City School District, there's a, uh, a person in their HR department whose responsibility is, is evaluation, and he goes out with teams of principals. He doesn't necessarily supervise principals, but he works with principals. So he'll go out with teams of principals, and they'll visit classrooms in some school. They'll all sit and watch the same lesson. They'll all take notes. They'll all do some rating. And then they'll go back and discuss what they saw and discuss what their ratings were and talk about what kind of instruction they saw. And so, you know, those kind of professional development things help principals to recognize great instruction when they see it. So there's that step also, that step of having great principal supervisors who can be coaches to principals who can then coach their teachers. So finding those leaders, you've got to be in the classrooms, you've got to be watching what they do, you've got to be talking to people, you've got to be paying close attention to the kind of calls you get from parents, to the kind of comments you get from parents, you know, maybe being out in the halls and, and during parent-teacher conferences and stopping and talking with parents and asking them how things went and what they think about the instruction. But most importantly, being in those classrooms and seeing what's going on and then recognizing that expertise. But also, one other thing is that you're going to have a few people who, who you know are great instructors and talking with those instructors and having them help you to identify those teachers as well can also be helpful. Yeah, one of the challenges with the idea of, of having teacher leaders is that Teachers already have a lot on their plate. What are some ways that we can empower our teachers to be leaders, but then also take things, how do we adjust their day and their time so they can be successful at being a teacher and a teacher leader? 
Well, one thing that really helps is compensation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know that <laughs> so many times we ask, and this is something that I think we need to work with boards of education on and, and legislatures, getting them to recognize that when we have teachers who are named as teacher leaders, they ought to be compensated as such. So your, your teacher leader team ought to receive some kind of monetary compensation for being that teacher leader. And again, I, I realize that the things I'm talking about take money. But this is a hot topic right now. This is a conversation we're having in Utah about teacher leaders and how do we recognize those teacher leaders? How do we compensate them? How do we free them up to do the work that they need to do for a period or two a day or something of that nature so we don't take them out of teaching? That's not what we want to do. We don't want to take those people who are great teachers and take them out of teaching. We just want to give them the kind of, of environment that lets them be teacher leaders while still being great teachers. So a teacher leader, I think, is different than a, than a coach because a coach is someone who is removed from the classroom and then you know works with teachers all over the school, that kind of thing. But a teacher leader is someone who's still teaching. So we, we have to find ways of, of showing them that they're valued. And I think one of those ways is compensation. I think one of those ways is giving them some time to do the leadership that needs to be done, to go in and watch in other classrooms and to work with other teachers and then in their PLCs or their classroom leadership teams or whatever you want to call them, then having those conversations about what's happening, allowing other teachers to go in and observe them um, so that it's not just one way, using videotape, that kind of thing. So that's one way. I mean, definitely by giving them the compensation. In fact, we've asked in our state what would show you that you're valued as a, as a teacher leader. And, of course, the first thing they say is, well, we ought to be compensated for it, which only makes sense. If we're asking more of them, then we ought to compensate them for them. For that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, that's a, that's a district level, legislature level kind of decision. If you value teacher leadership, then your legislature ought to value that as well. And I think there's plenty of uh, research and experience that shows us that teacher leaders can make a huge difference. Yeah, really powerful ideas that we've talked about today. I just appreciate so much your time and, and talking about this. The last question that I ask every interview is, what can someone start doing this week to be a transformative principal like you? The first thing I think that they can do is decide, decide that they're going to spend time in classrooms every single week. Make a goal. Set aside time and make that happen. I was talking about this with, we have a turnaround schools program in our state and I'm working with that program and we were having kind of a follow-up after one of our um, professional development sessions and, you know, principals were saying, you know, how do I do this? How do I find time to be in classrooms? And one of the principals who had been in the session took what we said to heart and she decided that she was just going to set aside some time every single day that was just sacred. And she would tell her secretary, 
I am visiting classrooms. I am not to be disturbed. If there's a discipline problem that can wait, it will wait. If there's a discipline problem that can't wait, then maybe perhaps you'll have to call me. But I'm visiting classrooms and I do not want to be disturbed. Just saying, just even saying that, just for an hour, three times a week, that's something you can start doing right now, this week, and start getting in those classrooms and seeing what's happening and then making it effective by then coaching the teacher after that visit. And that coaching can just simply take the form of an, an email or a comment about, you know what, when I was in your classroom today, this is what I saw and I thought it was absolutely incredible what you were doing. Have you ever thought about trying this? You know, and that will take start them down that road because they'll get addicted to it. I think that is great advice and that is Definitely something when I came to Kodiak Middle School new, I I did that and got into three classrooms every day. That was how I set that goal. It was not necessarily time, but make sure I'm in three different classrooms. And some days I because of all the administrivia, I was only able to be there for, you know, five minutes, but I was there and was able to see something. And I think that, you know, what you said is is very important. Being there every single day is valuable. Oh, I agree. I think it's a it's a big slap in the face to a principal when you go into a classroom and everybody turns around and is like, what's he doing in here? And the teacher stops exactly. and says, did you need something from me? And that's when I know I failed. That <laughs> I haven't been in classrooms yeah. very much. <laughs> that is so true. But, but if on the other hand, you walk in and nobody even notices you're there, yeah, you've, you're, you're starting to, you're, yes. you're starting to make a difference. Yep. You know, that's, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. How can people learn more from you and uh, and connect with you online? Well, I tweet at Math David Utah. I'm keeping that moniker, even though I'm I, I still have a great love for math, and I always will. And that's and okay. So I, I, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> In fact, what I'm trying to do is to marry my two interests. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to to work with principals on observing in math classes. I've, I've been working with our math team people on some right. look-fors in math classes. That you know, Anyway, so at Math David Utah, that's my tweet, Twitter. Um, I just started a new blog that's mathdavidutah.wordpress.com, which is going to be about leadership, but also about mathematics and other topics as well. I've only posted one post so far, but there will be other posts there as well. If they want to keep up on what we're doing with educator effectiveness in our state, they can just go to our our uh, state website, which is schools.utah, spelled out U-T-A-H, dot gov, and then look under the departments uh, tab and find educator effectiveness and they can see what we're doing there. Cool. Well, thank you again so much for your time. And I'm glad that we were able to chat about these important topics and learn how to be better leaders ourselves and help our, our teachers be better leaders as well. Thank you very much, David. Well, and thank you for the opportunity, Jethro. It's great to talk with you again. And all the best to you as you move on to Fairbanks. Congratulations on the new position. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. 
That was a great interview with David. I'm really glad that he took the time to chat with me. Coming up here in just about less than a month, we have the Transformative Leadership Summit. And please make sure that you uh, attend that. Go to transformativeleadershipsummit.org or .com, transformativeleadershipsummit.com to uh, sign up for that. And I hope that you enjoy learning about the different ways to make the school experience better for all the different stakeholders. And today we talked a little bit about making it better for the teachers by giving them leadership opportunities. And I hope that you uh, take a moment to register for that and be part of that and share this podcast with someone you love. Have a great week. Transformative Principal is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. Podcast for educators by educators. Visit edupodcastnetwork.com for more great podcasts. Do you want to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all these goals. That's IXL.com slash BE. There are lots of solutions out there for giving students what they need when they need it. But when do they actually do all of those things? You need flexible time. When added into your master schedule, flex time enables students to get extra help or intervention meet with teachers, make up work, get physical exercise, and try new enrichment offerings. If you're thinking of giving it a try, check out MyFlex Learning, which unlocks the benefits of flexible time without all the headaches you get with it usually. Its intuitive design and SIS integration makes implementation and training a breeze. Make your flex time work for you. Visit myflexlearning.com BE to learn more and receive $500 off your first year. That's myflexlearning.com slash B-E.